Welcome back, Bayside. Streaming only on Peacock. Can't wait to start junior year. Saved by the Bell is back. This is gonna be awesome. And taking school spirit. Our rivals just destroyed our mascot. We're gonna crush Valley. To the max. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. That's why we have all these reboots of teen shows from the 90s. Get a new idea, Hollywood. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. And that's kind of where we're at right now, where it kind of feels like Dynamite AEW is treating Impact like second-rate wrestling company. And until Impact can start scoring some victories that become landmark victories... This is probably going to be the trend for a while. It's still real to me, damn it! it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Tush Show, episode number 571, January 21st, 2021. Welcome to this week's edition of SRTU. I'm one half of the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co host, the one and only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, what is up, my friend? Oh, just uh, coming up, man, like this is my busy time of the year, and I don't mean that like work-wise, but uh, if you go back to October, I have my wife's birthday, my stepson's birthday, and then Halloween, then we have Thanksgiving, then we have Christmas, and then January, I had my daughter's birthday was the 11th, and then Sammy just turned two on Monday, and then I got Valentine's Day. So I got one more holiday, Jeff, and then I can lock it down for the rest of the year pretty much so once i get past this next next three weeks i will be happy my wallet will be closed and the savings account will be booming uh or or, or something like that but yeah I, I'm, I'm just ready for all these holidays and everything else to be over i'm ready for all the chaos in the world to settle down and just get back to st patrick's day when people can just go out and get blatantly drunk for no apparent reason you know it's funny you said because i had uh, a similar uh thinking of a line of thought that you had so uh back in early november we adopted uh, a rescue a dog a rescue dog and that obviously uh, has its expenses whether it be veterinarian bills uh getting the dog to begin with all, all this stuff that comes with with being a pet owner and then christmas came and basically at one point post christmas I looked at my my checking account and I was like, all I did, and actually prior to that in October we had some work done at where I live, so paying people for that. Uh, and I was like, I looked at my 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 account and I was like, this is this is like the complete opposite of what you know you would figure would be happening during a pandemic. You would be saving your money instead of these last three months. All we did was spend money, whether it be on uh, construction, a dog, or just Christmas. Here we are. And uh, I just had that same coming to uh, to Jesus recently as well, where I'm like, man, I gotta, like, I don't know, build up my savings here a little bit more, uh, not to do our financial podcast, which is uh, the Still Real to Us Money show that we're doing. Uh, you could download it uh, nowhere, uh, but yeah, no, man, I just was was doing that myself, and I guess I I know to tie it all back into wrestling. I I know how your family is. Mine completely different when it comes to anything professional wrestling. 
But do you throw Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season into that holiday schedule? Uh, Rumble kind of gets lumped in because of the birthdays around it. WrestleMania is kind of its own abstract event. Like, because it's not really around any other holidays. I mean, it's kind of Easter-ish, I guess, at times. But for us, it's just kind of like one. It's, it's kind of like an island unto itself. Because at that point, you know, you're you're kind of back into the swing, the post-holiday swing of things. You're kind of getting ready for summer. Schools, you know, you're getting into like the last nine weeks of school, so you're trying to make sure the kids are doing right. But it's kind of like that oasis in the middle of getting things back to normalcy but you know then you gotta kind of figure out like well as a diehard fan am i going this year am i not gonna go i mean you know pandemic aside typical uh you know like it's in tampa like for this year like it's in tampa you know you have family down there so man maybe you can take a trip me it's it's like an eight hour drive maybe if there's tick you know but it's kind of it's, its own special event unto itself where everything else does kind of get lumped around holiday seasons in a way. You know, it's funny that you uh, you say that because I had the same line of thought when it came to WrestleMania uh, for years. I mean, there's like it's a lot different here in the Northeast. Dr. Trey's down in the south of the United States. Uh, it's brutal here. Like I just was outside prior to recording and I, it's probably like in the 20s and it's supposed to get down to the teens tonight. I, I'm sure – where Dr. Trey is, it's like 50, and people are wearing Carhartt jackets and like heavy heavy hats right now. Uh, what is it there right now, Dr. Trey? Uh, I think it's about 42, right? See, that's, I mean, we've had a, that's we've, cold. Yeah, we've had a, I mean, it's, I actually got yelled at yesterday morning. Yesterday morning I went to work, it was 35, and I just had on a long sleeve t-shirt and, 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 and you know, my, my khakis, and the guys are like, everybody else is in, like you said, literally you just described like half my guys, Carhartt, camo jackets, beanies, everything else, and they're like, you aren't cold, and I'm like, no, no, no. When you spend as much time in the north as I have, your body does adjust. So, like for me, 35 is, you know, long sleeve t-shirt weather. You know. Yeah, and and if it was 40 here, I wouldn't be as bundled up. It would be, it would feel warm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, WrestleMania is like that rule of thumb. I also lined it up with baseball opening day. That is when uh, it's it's starting to turn the corner and getting into better weather, better times. Uh, a period of time, April, May, June, July, August, that I really enjoy uh, just because of the weather and, and all the things that go on during it. And obviously with last year's pandemic, we, we lost a lot of that. I'm looking at the calendar now, January 21st. We are about, I don't know, four, five, six weeks away from literally a full year of the pandemic. And uh, I always encourage everybody, uh, they're still up at the website, thebowershow.com, to listen back to those those episodes in the beginning, and you could just tell, like there was just flat out depression on the show, and it wasn't just because of Super Showdown. It was just the realization that the WrestleMania that we know and love was going to be very unique. Try to make the best of it. WWE certainly did in the Performance Center, uh, and then after the fact, we were clamoring that hey, a year later, uh, hopefully Tampa gets a- another crack at this thing. And as Doctor Trey just mentioned, they will, as WWE announced. Uh, not only the WrestleMania 37, but 38 and 39 dates and locations. So WrestleMania 37 this year uh, will be back in Tampa Bay. Uh, it'll be uh, on Saturday, April 10th, and Sunday, April 11th at Raymond James Stadium. Um, they're hoping to have about 25,000 fans each one of those nights. Interesting that they're doing the two-night deal again. Just me thinking that maybe this is their way of trying to uh, make up for some money. Being a two night event, having twenty five thousand each night, this is their way of 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 uh, recouping any lost funds. Uh, Arlington, Dallas, uh, AT and T Stadium will get WrestleMania thirty eight. It got WrestleMania thirty two uh, a couple years back. That'll be on April third, two thousand twenty two. And then this year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania thirty seven, was supposed to be at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, Englewood. WrestleMania going Hollywood. Uh, that'll now be WrestleMania thirty nine two years from now. Uh, Sunday, April 2nd, 2023 at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. Uh, big announcement there, Dr. Trey. Usually the WrestleMania dates and locations all in, in like this way that it was delivered. We've never seen before. Maybe this was WWE's way of thinking that the pandemic a year from now may still be a little bit weird. It, it may not be a packed stadium. God, I hope it is. But interesting, bold move. I dug it. Now we know where 37, 38, 39 locations are. 
We know the dates. Uh, your thoughts on this story? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was was really cool of WWE to kind of go back to Tampa, uh, considering everything that happened last year. And not just for them, not just the fact that it's also regional. I mean, they're right there all the time in Tampa anyway. I mean, they've been running out of the uh, that the Rays Stadium the in Tampa for the last yeah Tropicana for a while anyway. So it makes sense. I mean, all your all your production stuffs there. It it, it lowers costs because you're not transporting stuff, you know, across the country. Everything else, uh, the two night thing, like you said, just a way for them to get fifty thousand people to attend WrestleMania, so they can kind of recoup some of their losses. Um, picking Dallas, I, I thought it was interesting. I thought they might go back to Los Angeles right away, but like you said, it kind of shows their you know kind of plays their hand a little bit that. Hey, maybe everything won't be a hundred percent great, but Texas is as or is a little more open than what California is. And California t- tends to err on the side of over caution as opposed to maybe Texas. So, hey, let's go back to Dallas. We'll do thirty-eight in Dallas, and then by thirty-nine, you're looking at you know two years out. Hey, that everything should be back to somewhat sense of normalcy, and then we can get back into SoFi because SoFi is a beautiful stadium. Uh, and I'm excited about Dallas because I was actually in Dallas the week before WrestleMania 32. So I saw everything kind of getting set up and, and, and everything. So it's a, it's a great venue as well. Jerry's world is pretty awesome. And like I always kind of joke around, if you're bored, there's a Walmart right across the street from uh, AT&T stadium. Yeah. I dug the move. Uh, happy to see it going back to Tampa. You know, those folks deserve another crack at it and it won't be the normal 80,000, 70,000, but having 50,000, combine over uh, two nights and and i should say that this is their goal stephanie mcmahon had an interview saying that they're not necessarily sure uh, how many folks they're going to be able to cram in there and how they're going to do it quite yet it is january they're going to take a look at the super bowl this year which just so happens to be in raymond james stadium and go from there and see what the nfl does and translate it to wwe so uh, it appears that that's going to be the first show back for wrestling fans uh, outside of the Capital Wrestling Center and NXT, which is just like a handful of fans, it feels like. This is the first time for at least WWE that they're going to have fans back for the first time, and it's uh, poetic that it's going to be WrestleMania. Hopefully, as a country, come April, uh, the United States, we are turning the corner. Uh, hopefully, people are staying safe. Hopefully, the pandemic is calming down, obviously, depending on what you read each day. Uh, it could be different. Who knows? But uh, yeah, this is this was big news. I dug it. Happy for Tampa, Arlington, Dallas, LA. Uh, I'm excited to see where things go. And um, out of those three, Dr. Trey, I guess, which one would you want to go to the most out of 37, 38, 39, Tampa, Dallas, LA? Uh, all three cities I've spent a lot of time in. Uh, I hate LA traffic. Uh, Dallas traffic is fun. If you if you enjoy NASCAR, uh, you'd enjoy driving in Dallas because people will literally run you into the wall. Um, to me, Tampa has a special place uh, just because I got to spend a lot of time there. Jeff and I, and I got to meet Jeff's girlfriend in Tampa. Like I, I love I love Tampa. Plus, there's an old inside joke with Jeff and I when it comes to the uh, cannons blasting at That's Raymond true. James Stadium. If you go back to the old. Uh, uh, the old days of uh, of EA Sports game show, so yeah, where this show uh, basically pick, originated from. Yeah, I, I would I would pick Tampa. Just as, I think Tampa has a soft spot in my heart. I'm interested to see where they're going to do forty. Like I'm I'm super excited to see where forty is going to go be at because that's another one of those like monumental shows. Going to be forty years of WrestleMania coming up here just a couple of years. Probably the Superdome. I, to... <laughs> see, I, 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 they go there every what four years now. Yeah, but I also tend to think they might do it in MetLife just because, you know, Northeast area, somewhere like that, WrestleMania 1, you know, they, they it's either usually either New Orleans or Northeast or like New York area for these big, you know, every 10-year anniversary shows. Well, yeah, you know me. I mean, I, I'm a believer in the uh, WrestleMania 1, 10, 20 theme. I've had it at Madison Square Garden. I, I know that it outgrew MSG. WrestleMania, I still would have think I still think it would have been cool to be there for thirty or even forty. Uh, New York, being a Northeast guy, has a special played out place, obviously in my heart. It makes a lot of sense to do that. I don't know, man. I mean, they're hitting a lot of these places that are like if I had to put together a list of of areas where WrestleMania would go, I would have said AT and T Stadium again. I would have said SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles is a gimme. 
I don't know, maybe they go back to Seattle, Safeco Field. That was a really fun WrestleMania, WrestleMania 19. Uh, maybe they go back to Houston. They love going to Houston. I, I tell you what, I'll throw it out there right now, Dr. Trey, and I know this is this arena is a little bit outdated, but one of my favorite WrestleManias uh, ever. Uh, for me, I love the trilogy of 17, 18, and 19. I think those were some of the best WrestleManias of all time. 17 in the Houston Astrodome obviously can't happen. Uh, I'll say 18. Put it back to Toronto. Go back to the Sky Dome. That was an awesome WrestleMania and a fantastic crowd. Bring it back to Canada. Yeah, uh, Toronto's great. I, I do. Th- I don't know if the Rogers Center will be around because there are rumors that they're actually trying to build a new venue for them up there. Honestly, I, I, if if they do one at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California, I'm going to go because as a diehard 49er fan, it's only three hours from my mom's house. Like I would love for them to do one there, but that's you know that's just the the the, the football fan in me really wanting one to be in my home stadium. Uh, what about yeah? You know that's a good call too. That was a fun WrestleMania. Uh, what about it finally going over to like the UK? That's always been the rumor that it would head over to London at some point. I, I still think WWE is afraid of doing WrestleMania there because your cash cow is the States. And I don't know how many Americans would be wanting to, you know, fly, fly across the pond to the UK to go to what you'd get a huge European influence. As I think fans from all over, you know, Europe would come for that show, but you'd lose a lot of your American base. So um, it's kind of time because there's more people in, in the U S than there is just in, in Europe alone. So it, it's a trick. I still want them at least to a SummerSlam there. Cause I still go back to that SummerSlam. Uh, 92. 92. Like that was great. And with the, with the influx of the NXT UK talent, if you did a SummerSlam there and involved the UK guys, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty cool too. So, Feel free to chime in. Add us to you podcast. Give us a prediction on 40. Give us your thoughts on 37, 38, 39. Uh, that is some good things to look forward to here this year. That WrestleMania is around the corner. And uh, we'll be doing our preview predictions for the Royal Rumble on next week's show. And there's some uh, rumors right now, some scuttlebutt. There will be a special segment potentially landing here on the show or even on our Facebook page. So if you haven't liked it yet, facebook.com slash the Still Real Toys Show. Uh, Dr. Trey, this past Monday night on Raw, it opened up with uh, a very intriguing promo from one Randy Orton. Randy Orton donning a mask, covering the wounds from the fireball that was shot off in his face by Alexa Bliss, and he cut an incredibly dark promo that went on for a decent amount of time that kept me locked in. I loved it. I think it's some of the best stuff I've seen from Randy Orton. A lot to peel back here in regards to the whole Alexa Bliss, Fiend, Randy Orton stuff. But looking at the promo from this past Monday night and Orton in a mask, what'd you think? Uh, just like you, like I thought it was utterly fantastic, and I, I love that it, it's kind of a throwback mask. I mean, that's you know kind of a Mister Wrestling two, you know, from the eighties type mask. So I, I thought it was really well done. Uh, like you said, it, it kept me locked in the entire time. And Randy's, it, it's amazing if you go back ten years people were like oh my god randy orton's in a match it's boring his promos are boring where he's at now he's almost on a different level than everybody else when it comes to storytelling promo in ring work like there i don't know if there are many people that can touch him right now when it comes to that so uh but just great compelling stuff and it's amazing when you when you see this whole feud play out you're like there's part of me that goes i don't know really who i should be rooting for like there's a lot of like revenge angles and stuff like this involved in it. And you're like, everything's kind of going on on each side is pretty twisted and, and corrupt. And it makes you kind of go, I, I, I like right now, I kind of feel bad for Randy having his face get burnt. But then again, he just set a man on fire a couple of weeks ago. So it's, it's some of the most compelling TV, not just on wrestling, but just across, you know, TV platforms everywhere. Like it's, just really good storytelling and leaves you wanting to tune in each and every single week to see where the story goes. And then you have the uh, Alexa Bliss part of this all where she has her match with Asuka in the middle of the mask, uh, match excuse me, before they go to commercial break. Lights go off. Music plays. We come back to break. And uh, Alexa Bliss is transformed to this dark character, the same dark character that we saw that threw the fireball in Randy Orton's face. Uh, Alexa Bliss goes on to win the match over Asuka, the Raw Women's Champion, which is pretty cool. Uh, and a very big deal that she defeats Asuka clean on television. 
her build and her character development through this thing, I mean, this has been going on since the summer, and we're still going through it here in January 2021, has been really good. Really, really good. And there's a lot of times, creatively, WWE doesn't get a lot of credit. This is one that they deserve a ton of credit for. I'm digging it. What did you think of the transformation of Alexa Bliss this past Monday night? Uh, it was it was really really cool. I, I mean I don't know about you but I was kind of kind of blown away at the result of the match like it was a pretty clean finish and they had Oscar in a lot of ways trembling looking out of sorts not knowing how to handle Alexa Bliss and you know this is one of the best strikers in the history of women's wrestling if not the best striker like everything she's done over the last four years would make you think that this it wouldn't turn this way, but the way they played that whole thing out, because you got to remember, Alexa Bliss is five foot one and like 98 pounds, you know, but the way they portrayed this character, her character is so much larger than life that you kind of forget that. And you're just like, wow, like it's, it's when you're seeing Asuka taken aback and not knowing how to handle her, that kind of shows you how much faith they have in the Alexa character as well, not just the Fiend character. So really good TV. And it's going to be interesting to see like, I know that Alexa, did Alexa announce that she's going to be in the Rumble? Because if she is, does that make her the favorite? Like, where do they go with the Raw Women's title, uh, you know, with, with this new Alexa character? Does that kind of make her the favorite? Or is this just like a one and done and they'll keep her involved in the Randy stuff? Yeah, I don't remember if she announced. There's so, been, so many people that have declared uh, the Good Brothers from Impact Wrestling yeah. Tag Team Champions. They declared for the Rumble on Twitter. Um, Adam Pierce had to come out and explain the whole declaration thing, which obviously was a little bit of tongue in cheek. Yeah, I don't know if Alexa Bliss has, but that's what adds a really fun layer to this because what's cool right now is you got the uh, WWE Tag Team Champion, Charlotte Flair, Asuka, great tag team. They're kind of doing their own thing right now. Asuka feuding with Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair feuding with Lacey Evans and her father. And the tag team is, is in the background and it's giving um, uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax the opportunity to go you know, sees while the opportunity remains hot to go take advantage of some of the, uh, the best women's wrestlers ever in Charlotte and, and, and Oscar. In the meantime, it, it's just a lot of inner tangled webs heading into the Royal rumble, which adds to a very intriguing build. Uh, I would put bliss in the Royal rumble match. I, I don't think I would put her in a title match with Oscar. I think they're going to go the direction of Oscar and Charlotte flair, taking on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and uh, let it all play out in the rumble match itself with Alexa bliss, Charlotte, uh, Lacey Evans, all those folks, because I think it would be a lot of fun. But it, it's just been one of my favorite things. I think with SmackDown, and, and we'll talk about him momentarily here, uh, the best thing about SmackDown has been Roman Reigns so far. Clearly now on Raw right now, Dr. Trey has been this Randy Orton, Fiend, Alexa Bliss storyline. It, it's I don't know which is my favorite WWE storyline right now. I think I would probably lean more towards Roman Reigns. But uh, the potential for Orton, Fiend, Alexa Bliss has has me very excited. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I tend to lean towards the Roman side of it, just because it, it's a little bit it's it's a little bit more based in reality. I guess is a good way of putting it. Like you don't have to suspend disbelief all the time when you have a, a mountain of a Samoan running roughshod over a brand and then drawing people into it because people want to be around winners and. You, see the apollo cruise angle now playing into it you know which now links that whole like roman the world title in with the intercontinental title like and then maybe that's the opening that we talked about for big e you know for Royal roma maybe perhaps like it is intertwining a lot of that stuff you know and then the stuff with alexa and randy's been really good but now you're also the the, the, the payoff is going to be what's the fiend going to be like when he comes back is going to be a new look fiend are they, are they already altering how he's going to look, how he's going to be presented, like where does that go? Because the Randy and Alexa stuff's great, but you really can't have a ton of physicality between those two just because of, you know, size difference in the, in the PC society we live in. So, uh, I, I like I said, I tend to lean towards the Roman because it's more based in reality, but, I mean, it really, it's, it's, it's picking which child you love the most. Let's get into the Roman Reign stuff. So you just mentioned it. So he, right now they, they're running this storyline. It actually started on Talking Smash, which is Smack, which has been considerably di- better than Raw Talk, in, in my opinion. Raw Talk is a little bit more comedy. Talking Smack is actually furthering storylines, which is why Talking Smack was so good years ago with, with Renee Young and, and Daniel Bryan. 
So you have Paul Heyman getting the ear of Apollo Crews on Talking Smack. It carries itself over to SmackDown. He's in the backstage area of Apollo Crews talking with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is giving him some tips. We're starting to see a very slow turn with Apollo Crews uh, turning heel, which is something that we saw a tease uh, last year around the summertime. And then it got kind of derailed because I believe he uh, Apollo Crews tested positive for COVID. He, then he didn't join up with Lashley MVP and all that stuff with the United States Championship. But Dr. Trey, you've been a long-time supporter of Apollo Crews. Do you like the direction of where this is heading right now? And is this the opportunity that we have been waiting for, for Apollo Crews to finally break out, should he line up with Roman Reigns? Well, yeah, because, you know, the old... I, I go back to the, the old way they did the Legends Roundtable, and, and I remember Kevin Nash talking about the NWO. And the great thing about the NWO was that's how you build even bigger baby faces, is you have that strong heel group, you have a guy try to run through the whole group, get the big payoff. And then when you spin a guy out of it by turning him babyface, it makes him even bigger. And I can kind of see that going that route with Apollo at some point. Like if Apollo joins up with Roman, gets under his influence, and then, you know, six months, eight months later, gets, you know, gets kicked out or gets, you know, whatever. And then Apollo comes back as a big babyface. So it's a way of giving him also instant credibility by Roman choosing him to be part of his little faction because if, if the baddest man in WWE right now is picking you, there's something special about you. So I think it's going to be really great for him. I just, I, the only thing I worry about is I don't want them. You and I used to, like a couple years ago, it was like raw and SmackDown. were doing like mirror shows, like something would be going on a raw and then SmackDown would have their own little knockoff version. I just don't want Apollo going the Cedric Alexander route of heel. Like, Apollo should be that guy who thinks he's a baby face and everybody still hates him. Like, cause that smile would be so good as a heel character. The one thing that everybody's kind of knocked him for, if he just keeps smiling, but he's an, but he's a jerk, people are going to hate him for it. So I think they, if they go that way instead of the kind of hothead Cedric way, it'll, it'll be better for him. Yeah. That would be an interesting uh, look at it because I'm with you. Like if he's acting like a baby face, but a little bit more arrogant, um, knows he's he's good and, and he's kind of a jerk. Like that'll be very interesting to watch from a viewer standpoint. I, I'm digging the pairing with him, Paul Heyman, Jey Uso, potentially, and Roman Reigns. I, I think they need to be build a little bit on the stable, Doctor Train. I think adding a guy like Apollo Cruz adds to that, and it makes me wonder if Apollo Cruz aligning with Roman Reigns. And I know tomorrow night. On SmackDown, he has Intercontinental Championship match. If there could potentially be a title change where they drop the title to Apollo so that Big E could get a run, you know, going back to my prediction, in the Rumble match. It, it's quite possible that a week from now we're talking about new Intercontinental Champion Apollo Crews. Yeah, and especially, you know, Jimmy's due back again pretty soon. So then you get the Usos back as a tag team. And then you have basically, I don't want to say like the Samoan Four Horsemen, because obviously Apollo's not Samoan, but... You know, you kind of get those four guys. You got your top guy, your mid card guy, and your tag team, um, and kind of gives it a little bit more depth to that group, especially with a Paul Heyman with them. And then, like if if you know somehow Roman or or Heyman or somebody costs Big E that title, then Big E's going to look for revenge. So it makes a ton of sense if that's the route they want to go heading into WrestleMania season. Is that Big E is the challenger for Roman? Size wise, it makes sense. Agility wise, it makes sense. And, you know, it's it's Big E mania instead of Kofi mania like we had two years ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. It's cool what's going on right now. You're starting to see it filter up. Uh, we talk about this every year about, like, with the Royal Rumble. It may be the most fun show to watch, the Rumble matches themselves, and knowing what it's leading towards in WrestleMania season. And then, obviously, guys like Dr. Trey and I could sit here and have these discussions of where things could be going for WWE right now. Uh, one of those areas that I've really enjoyed as of late as well on SmackDown, Dr. Trey, and this is where I wish we had you know, fans back in the stands, what is the way that they've been booking Kevin Owens. It's it's very – and I know we use the Stone Cold Sunner, so it's a very easy analogy to compare here. But it, it's very Stone Cold-esque what they're doing with Kevin Owens right now where he's he's getting back up every single time. And that's been the thing with him. They can't put him away. Uh, Roman Reigns can't put him away. He could cover him in, in chairs, and Kevin Owens gets back up. He could throw him from uh, the top of the Thunderdome through a table, and he returns and fills in for Adam Pierce, who is now injured. 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Kevin Owens will now face Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble in a last man standing match. Perfect gimmick match for this, the way that it's been going on. I still feel like, obviously, we're heading into WrestleMania with Roman Reigns as the as the WWE Universal Champion. But this has been... I, I thought it would be... If there was a time to get people behind a baby face, do a move, a title change that nobody saw coming, it would be at the Royal Rumble, Dr. Train, putting the championship on Kevin Owens, even if it was for a small amount of time. I would be totally for it because it would legitimize... legitimize uh, Kevin Owens right now, who, you know, despite the way that they're booking him and, and how much you and I really enjoy him, at the end of it all, we find wrestling to be extremely predictable, and him winning this match is something and becoming champion that just won't happen. Your thoughts here as Kevin Owens now will face Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble in a last man standing match? See, this, this is where when you're booking a show and putting stuff together, things get tricky because now you're going to have this Reigns Owens trilogy. Of title matches, and if you're going to have the babyface lose three in a row, are you quote unquote killing the babyface? Does he have to cycle back down the bottom and work his way back up, or do you do that quick? I go back to Luger beating Hogan, you know, during Luger's run in WCW, and then he didn't have the belt for, for like a month, and they put it back on Hogan. I could see them doing something like that with Owens just to give him a little bit more credibility. Like, he's the guy that knocked off Roman. Now, yeah, maybe Roman and Heyman and the group, you know, pull chicanery and get the belt back. But you know, on that night, in that moment, Owens is the guy to, to, to beat Reigns. I can see them doing that. That way it gives Kevin Owens even more credibility as, as the, you know, top babyface on, on SmackDown going forward. He can be that rough-around-the-edges kind of guy that we all know and love. And the other thing, like, like you mentioned, the one thing he's been doing that I, I try to teach a lot of younger guys is when you're the baby face, man, always try to get back up. Always make the effort like you're trying to get back up until your body just gives out. Like that just gets that people behind you. Like, you know, no matter what he no matter what obstacles they're at you, he's going to get back to his feet. And that's what we love. We want our hero. We want to see our heroes always trying to get back up, never taking no for an answer and keep fighting. And I think Owens is doing a great job in that babyface role right now. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He really has. Uh, I don't know if it would be Kofi Mania as Dr. Trey, but I just felt like the fans would really get behind him right now. Yeah, I mean, he's he's what a large majority of wrestling fans love. He's that blue-collar guy. He doesn't have the wrestling bod. You know, he's he's smart. He's funny. And, he. I mean, he looks like a tough guy, but he looks like the guy that everybody knows you know, that, that plays cornhole or hangs out with him on the weekends or they see at, at, the, at their local bar. Like, he just he's, has that look and that personality. You know, he's not as... Uh, I don't know. I don't. He's not. He's not Stone Cold personality, but he's the. I guess the, the millennial version of what Stone Cold would be. I guess in a way, like he's going to do what he thinks is best for him and his family, and that's what I think most Americans really want to be. They just want to go to work, do their job, and do what's best for their family. And I think he represents the, the vast majority of people in the country right now. And they say the best characters are often those that are very similar to themselves, and that's pretty much what Kevin Owens is and what he stands by. So he seems to be filling that role really well. Would be very. I hate to go back to it again, but uh, just imagine if a crowd was there, what they would think of Kevin Owens right now. Always getting back up and fighting against Roman Reigns, who has been completely dominant since he returned back at SummerSlam. Uh, switching gears off of WWE, let's uh, head over to Impact Wrestling and AEW. Uh, let's start here first, Dr. Trey, because uh, I think chronologically this is the way to go. So we're going to look back here, recap and review Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill. Um, Dr. Trey, did you get a chance to watch the show at all? I watched uh, about half the show. I mean, like I said, birthdays kind of preempted yeah, sure. my wrestling stuff this week, but uh, I got to watch a, a good part of the show. Let's get uh, let's get into it here just a little bit. If you have any uh, anything that you want to add about a match, uh, please jump in here. Uh, so Brian Myers defeats Josh Alexander. I had Josh Alexander, Brian Myers, standard pre-show match. Uh, Rosemary and Crazy Steve defeated, uh, now known as the Decay, defeated Tanel Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Uh, we both had Tanel Dashwood and Caleb with a K getting the victory. Did not happen. Uh, Eric Young, Diener, and Joe Doring, now known as Violent by Design, defeated Cousin Jake Rhino and Tommy Dreamer. Both of us had that prediction of Violent by Design. Havoc and Nevaeh 
uh, lost to Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles, now known as Fire and Flavor. I had uh, Fire and Flavor, as did Dr. Trey. Uh, Tasha Steeles, Kiara Hogan are the new Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions. And I love the call here, Dr. Trey. I- I'm a big fan of Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles, and I felt like they were the favorites to win this entire tournament from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, I had Havoc and Nevaeh just based on size uh, as my favorites going into it. But when we got down to the finals, it, it's one of those things like Kira Hogan's been on the radar of a couple of different companies. Um, and it's a very impact thing to do to say, hey, we don't want you to go. So let's give you let's give you a championship belt to maybe make you stick around a little bit. But I mean, they're, they're really good at what they do. And they're backstage. Stuff, like all that stuff they've been doing uh, with with Hernandez and, and Falaba and everything else over the past few months has been great. So it kind of shows the range that they have as performers. So I thought it was a good choice to put the belts on them. Uh, Matt Cordona is now with Impact Wrestling. He showed up during the Ace Austin segment, uh, and they wrestled to a DQ. Matt Cardona getting the victory. Uh, happy for Matt Cardona to be landing in Impact Wrestling other than uh, uh, rather than AEW, where he was back over the summer? Yeah, I, I thought it made a lot of sense because we know how close he and Brian Myers are. Um, and that's just another angle that Impact could play down the road is if, hey, we need another tag team. Hey, we got, you know, the former uh, major brothers. We got Cardona and Myers hanging around here. We always put them back together. But it's also a chance for him to kind of shine on his own because, um, you know, he, he, may, he might be one of the most underutilized talents of the last 10 years. I mean, the guy's got great character, personality, got himself over without the help of WWE and you know, managed to stick around forever. So to me, it's a good move. Uh, and he probably won't get lost in the shuffle like he would have in AEW. Uh, Manic uh, retained the X division championship over Chris Bay and Rohit Waju was revealed that Manic is, uh, is uh, TJP. No surprise there. Now I guess Manic and TJP or TJP is now the X division champion. I had Manic Dr. Trade Rohit Raju in that match. That was a really good match. Um, Deanna Perrazzo retained the Impact Knockouts Championship over Tyre Valkyrie. Uh, this past Tuesday, it was revealed that Tyre Valkyrie was re- behind having Larry D shoot Johnny Bravo. Tyre Valkyrie's time in Impact Wrestling is now over. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, they asked where she was going, and Tommy Dreamer had a great line that she would either be going to like Jacksonville State Penitentiary, AEW, or like Stamford State Penitentiary or whatever, WWE. <laughs> Um, which I thought was a great line. So Ty Valkyrie, now a free agent, AW, WWE bound. Where do you see her going? And by the way, this was a great match between Perazzo and Valkyrie. Yeah, and if if she doesn't go to WWE, then I think that means that the Morrison-Taya marriage is on the rise. Um, you know, just one of these, like, she, her and Johnny, or, or her and John are so good together, um, I could easily see them getting together. And then, plus, we might get the John Morrison-Taya versus Miz and Maurice match at some point, which I know everybody's been clamoring for. Yes, yeah, I I just can't. Uh, the excitement <laughs> has got me. I, I'm going to uh, go with uh, Ty Valkyrie being a surprise entrance into the uh, Royal Rumble in a couple weeks here, Dr. Trey. Do you think she goes main roster first before she goes to NXT? I mean, I know, like, John had history with WWE, so you can kind of play it, but Taya, is she known to the majority of wwe fans or do you think she's kind of still like on the peripheral like the hardcore fans know who she is but would the casual fan know who she is no i don't think the casual fans would which is a shame uh it would be the diehards and once again that's where it goes if there was a live crowd there they would be going nuts when taya valkyrie came out but uh, i'll just throw it out there 10 days from now i think taya valkyrie is a surprise entry to the rumble i would be shocked if she doesn't land in wwe uh and i think she should be side by side with Miz and morrison right now and with her husband, because they were a great pairing, obviously, in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, next match here was the Karate Man and Ethan Page. Ethan Page kind of crapped all over it on social media afterwards. It was nothing to write home about. Karate Man got the victory. Um, that was that was the drizzling shits, as Bruce Pritchard would say, Dr. Dry. <laughs> Although, I did pick Karate Man to win. So, I, yeah. I, that does you had Ethan Page. So, I, that gives me one, but... I, I, I could, it's one of those things where you watch and you're going, okay, this is Impact Wrestling, right? Like, this is, you know, some of the best, you know, non-in-ring stuff that we've seen over the pandemic era. And it's, I agree with Ethan Page. It looks like they just, they filmed this and went, ah, oh, fuck it. He's leaving. We don't care. Like, it just, it was like a really, really bad 8-bit 
Mortal Kombat knockoff type thing. It was just it was it was bad, but and it had the potential to be something really cool and really great, and they squandered it. Yeah, it was it was not good. Uh, what was good was Eddie Edwards and Sam McCallahan. Eddie Edwards getting the victory over the Barbed Wire Massacre. Uh, really enjoy this match, Dr. Trey. Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan has a very underrated and underappreciated feud in Impact Wrestling. This was a good match for what they were working with. Yeah, and this is one of those, uh, I guess, fight forever rivalries, I guess. I mean, because they circled, I mean, this is what, two years ago they did this and they circled back to it, and it's still good. So it's one of those rivalries that, like, if they can, they can keep going to the well with it as often as they want because the matches are fantastic, the storytelling is fantastic, and these guys work great together. Uh, and then finally, this was the main event match. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers uh, defeated Rich Swan, Chris Sabin, and Moose, who was filling in for Alex Shelley, who was unable to wrestle. Uh, Kenny Omega pins the Impact World Champion Rich Swan. Good match. Weird seeing Kenny Omega in the ring. Uh, your thoughts here on the uh, the dream uh, six way match? Yeah, it, uh, I mean, losing uh, Alex Shelley uh, kind of threw it off for me a little bit because you know Moose and Swan are in a rivalry, so I didn't understand why you put Moose in that spot. I mean, I, I mean, kayfabe wise, you know, obviously for storytelling wise, I get it, but you know, it's, it's to me, like you said, it was weird seeing Omega out there, um, but it, it was a, it was a fun match and. You know, a little surprising to see, you know, the AEW World Champion get a victory over the Impact World Champion on an Impact pay-per-view. That's a little odd to me. Uh, I thought they would try to take the easy way out. But, uh, hey, this just furthers this whole storyline. We get to see it's still playing out. It's still moving forward. So it's it's interesting to see how far down this well or down the hole they're going to go with this. Uh, so the predictions record, I went 7-2. and two. Dr. Trey went 6-3 and three to kick off the year. Uh, match night, event rating. My match of the night, Dr. Trey, was Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan, Barbara Massacre. My event rating was a 2.8 out of 5. I thought the show was fine. I didn't love it. It had its points where it was really good and then at points where it was kind of boring. Uh, what did you think of Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill? What was your match of the night? What was your event rating? I, I thought it was, uh, it, was good. it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. It was right there in the middle. That's why I went like 2.7 with it. Uh, my match of the night, though, was still the, the, the main event, the six-man tag, just because Seeing Kenny Omega in an Impact ring wrestling Rich Swan, the Impact World Champion, was kind of mind blowing. This is, you know, on a smaller scale, what guys like you and I wanted growing up with WCW and WWE. This is kind of what we want to see from the invasion angle that failed so miserably. And we're kind of getting it on a smaller scale between these two companies. All right, Dr. Trey, the last thing I want to bring up here is so we just talked about it. Uh, Good Brothers, Kenny Omega, defeat Rich Swan, Chris Saban, Moose on Saturday at Hard to Kill. Uh, they have the AAW World Champion, Kenny Omega, pin the Impact World Champion, uh, Rich Swan. So AEW is up 1 0. On Tuesday night, which was very cool as well, Private Party and Matt Hardy show up. Uh, they challenge Chris Saban and James Storm for the number one contendership for the Impact World Tag Team Champions. They get the victory thanks to interference from Jerry Lynn, who's an official with AEW, Tony Khan, Jerry Lynn at ringside during the match, which was which was really cool to see. But uh, here we are in the short order, and Impact Wrestling had just had its lowest viewership since November. Um, Impact loses two matches, Omega, getting, Omega pinning Swan, uh, Private Party pinning Saban and Storm. I got to ask, is is this working right now? Because if you have lower viewership than you did in since November and AEW now is up 2-0 basically on you, it, it's leading to some cool moments and things that we never thought we would see. But so far, it, it's t- very short order here. It's making Impact look inferior to AEW in my opinion. Well, I mean, and to me, I, I kind of understood it in the sense of when you're on Tuesday night, Impact is the good guys. That's their home show. So you have to, you know, and you're kind of the underdogs. So if you're the underdogs, you got to kind of have these obstacles to overcome so you can fight back. Um, and we're not seeing a ton of Impact guys. I mean, we're seeing the Good Brothers on on Dynamite, but outside of that, really not a whole lot else going on. So uh, to me, in, in the viewership, if it's a if it's a one off, it happens. If it's a trend. You know, and we'll see that coming up this week and next week, and see if it's a trend. Then you really got to start worrying. But because if it becomes a trend, and we keep seeing Impact guys win week after week after week, uh, then it goes back to my bold prediction that maybe Tony Khan's buying Impact or something. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, they, you know, it's funny. Tony uh, Schiavone actually brought that up during the post show. Somebody asked him if if he if Tony Khan would buy Impact, and and he kind of brushed it off and said no, he wouldn't buy it, and and all this stuff, and took shots at them. But it's uh, it's not making sense so far. I I mean, it's not. I it'd be easy to say, well, it's bringing new eyes to the Impact product, but it's not based off of viewership. Like diehards, like you and I will go out and check it out, but the AEW fans, I mean, they may not have access to television, but they're not watching it. it. Like, I don't know. We'll have to see what the buy rates are for Hard to Kill, but so far, I mean, I, angle-wise, creatively, I'm liking it, but to build up Impact Wrestling as a legit top wrestling promotion, I, I don't think it's it's doing that here in the very short term. Yeah, and I can agree with that because I also I, I don't think that I mean they'll mention it on a like when you're watching Impact, the AEW guys is a big focal point of the show. But when you're watching Impact I mean when you're watching Dynamite, they kind of brush it off. And so like if I'm Impact, I'm like, hey, the whole point of this was trying to get some of your guys to come watch my show. But if you're not really promoting it, you're not putting it over why would they come watch it? It's it's reminiscent of, you know, the the first ECW invasion into WWE, where WWE kind of pushed them off as second rate, you know, bingo hall guys. But the ECW show would talk about it nonstop. It, it kind of has that same feel to me. I don't know, looking back, if that actually helped ECW at all. And that's kind of where we're at right now, where it kind of feels like. Dynamite AEW is treating Impact like second-rate wrestling company, and until Impact can start, you know, scoring some victories that become landmark victories, this is probably going to be the trend for a while. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, to me, I, I think it might be a little bit too early to really cast dispersions upon it because you're still waiting to see where this story goes. Because um, otherwise, it's going to turn into this is just the second AEW show. Yeah, it's great points you're making. Uh, Impact Wrestling shows clips of Dynamite. Dynamite's getting promoted. Why would Dynamite need to get promoted on Access Television? It's on TNT. I know that they're doing the paid commercials, but Impact Wrestling, they're not even showing clips of Private Party defeating Chris Sabin and James Storm on Tuesday night onto their show, even though Impact Wrestling is airing clips. I mean, Excalibur made a mention of it, but how how are we not doing the footage? And... Uh, I don't know. It just looks like a one-way street right now, and I don't know if that is the purpose of the feud or the storyline, but that's how it's coming off right now. And uh, we said from the beginning, like, we like Impact Wrestling, but Impact Wrestling is the one that needs needs this more than AEW does right now. So, weird way it's being booked right now between Impact Wrestling and AEW. Uh, Dr. Trey. With that said, that'll do it for this week's edition of SRTU uh, for episode number 571 for January 21st, 2021. We'll be back next week. We'll preview and predict the Royal Rumble in two weeks' time. For show of February, we will recap and review the Royal Rumble as we gear you up for WrestleMania 37 back, well, actually, just in Tampa, Florida, because it's not back there because it never really happened last year. Thanks, COVID. Uh, before we do that, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You could download this show every Thursday at TheBowerShow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Realtor Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff, and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. We just had another show this past Saturday. Uh, another one coming up. Our next show is February 6th, uh, which will have Sin Bodie back in defending the Rocket City Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Title. Uh, so looking forward to that show. Every time, every time Sin Bodie's in. It's a great learning experience. He's one of the best minds around. He still run, helps run Snake Pit uh, Training School out there in Vegas. So, uh, all your prospective wrestlers out in the West Coast, check those guys out as well because they're a phenomenal school. And also check out bootandheel.com. 
Uh, great place to go get some independent wrestling shirts there. The uh, official merchandise sponsor of uh, Rocket City Championship Wrestling. There you go. Support all the great things that support the Still Realtor Show. And continue to download and spread the word about SRTU each and every week. Going to be a lot of fun. We've got something special planned here for Royal Rumble predictions, whether it be on the podcast or on the Facebook feed, uh, Facebook uh, page. So get ready and go check that out when it comes to Royal Rumble predictions. Uh, and then, like I said, in two weeks, we recap and review one of the fun, funnest shows of the year. So it, it's fun. It's fun being a wrestling fan. It's cold outside. COVID is still around us. Uh, we still got to wear masks when we go out and, and hopefully potentially get vaccinated sometime soon. But uh, at least from a wrestling fan perspective, there are some great things on the horizon. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. Stay safe. This is The Still Real Toast Show. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. The party now. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. Watch Marry Me. You. I'll marry you. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma. Featuring their new song, On My Way by Jennifer Lopez. Marry Me, directed by Kat Koira, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com.